How are you, sir? I'm doing great. This, this is really nice. It is, isn't it? It's nice. I, I always en- enjoy our time together. I needed some time to just sit down and have a cold drink and, and just be around friends. It's been it's been one heck of a week. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But apparently we, we talk too much about drinks. I've heard this. <laughs> I've heard this. You know, you know, I've also heard, you know, my mother also told me that apparently she loves the podcast. Which but let me guess. Let me guess. We swear too much. Uh, yes, and that's usually when we're probably drinking. But so I, I think I have a couple of of words maybe that we can try out today. Uh, tell me if any of these fit your your fancy here. Um, G Willikers. I like G Willikers. You like G Willikers? Okay, yeah. we could do frack. Well, fracking, we might get sued for that one. Okay, that's right. Um, let's see, corn nuts. Corn nuts. Corn nuts could be a good one. Like D's corn nuts? <laughs> or, or we could just go classic. William, William Shatner. William Shatner. <laughs> Shut the front door. That's right. Uh, well, whatever. Let's get into it today. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome up, to what Neighbors. Up, what up. No, that's right. What's up, Philip? Welcome to all of our new listeners and old listeners. Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. We have a really fun show lined up today. Actually, I'm I'm kind of I'm the giddy one about this. I'm I'm glad you're the giddy one. It's so it's nice when at least one of us is is giddy because because we don't want to be like these corn nuts. These corn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start applying some of these words throughout the, the podcast. I like so, it. So I know. But we do have a great show. But if you guys are just tuning in to Neighbors Don't Knock, uh, check us out on social media. Hit that subscribe button. We drop new episodes every Friday. We have great guests lined up for the coming season. That's right. Coming soon. But we also have we've had fantastic guests in the past to hear past episodes. Just go subscribe, like. Hit us up on social media, guys. We want to get those. We want to get that that number up so you can help us do that. Yeah, and if you're an Apple Podcast user, we have to uh, follow now. We can follow the show. That's true. Yeah, that's right. We need to follow. Yeah. Follow the rules. Apparently, apparently, Apple needed to come up with a new term. It wasn't. It wasn't cool enough anymore to just subscribe. <laughs> just to, to something. subscribe to something. Now we have to follow. Yeah, something. it wasn't sexy enough. You know, Tim I, Cook is all. How can we? How can we make this ours? Well, it sounds a little weird because when you say follow, it's you're always told not to be a follower, right? And now they're telling us to follow, to be followers. Well, y'all feel free to follow. <laughs> Neighbors don't knock. It's uh, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And there all of we that, go. So. Uh, but anyway. I'm excited to be here, Philip. I know you're excited. Let Let's get into our guest. Yeah, I'm super excited to announce our guest. Our guest today is is very special and near and dear to my heart. Not just because he's such a talented individual, but he also happens to be my cousin, and we spent quite a lot of time uh, growing up together. We didn't live very far away, and we'll get into that a bit in the show. But you know, this guy he he actually cut his teeth starting at ESPN. He worked on something you may have heard of, a little show called This Is Sports Center. You ever hear of that one? Dun, 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 dun. I think that's the one. He is a sports Emmy Award winner for his work on It's Not Crazy, It's Sports. From there, after a brief stint in the NBA, he is actually now the Senior Director of Integrated Marketing for FanDuel. 
Ooh. Yes. So we'd yes. like to welcome to the show uh, my dear, dear cousin, AJ Mazza. AJ, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Phil, good to see you. Brian, nice to officially meet you. Yes. For the past year. And nice to finally make the, make the connection. Well, you, have a face, you. you have a face with a voice now. And, and Phil, Phil, you're giving me a little too much credit. You said a brief stint in the NBA. It made it sound like I was maybe suiting up for the Knicks or something, but I uh, I worked at the league office. Just want to clarify that. Okay, fair you know, enough. Well, you that, had your foot in the door farther than others. Yeah, for, you know, just didn't want a bunch of fan mail coming into the show. And, you know, you guys <laughs> thinking that you're going to be getting a bunch of athletes on the show from here on out. So. I, I appreciate that very much. Hey, I, that, that could never... boost some that some followers right there. We could, <laughs> we could boost some followers. I probably could have been on the Knicks the last couple of years but um is that you your go. team of, is that your team of choice it is my team of choice but being five nine and three quarters i won't even give myself the five ten um not gonna be an nba player anytime soon. don't worry some of us didn't even get to five nine and still working on it and somehow my cousin over here is what six two six three <laughs> yes. yeah closer <laughs> yes. closer to six four really uh and, and i did play basketball in high school and i was absolutely horrible at it I was a terrible, terrible athlete. So you're saying that height doesn't equate to talent? Evidently not. <laughs> Evidently not. You know, it, it's actually kind of embarrassing too, because AJ here was an incredible athlete growing up. And I used to like, have the pleasure of seeing him sometimes kicking around a soccer ball on a soccer field. And I thought, wow, at least somebody in the family gene pool got some kind of coordination and talent because I was just this goofy fucking <laughs> like, falling all over the, the place. athletes didn't get the size. So if we could have found a way to maybe, you know, Hybrid it up. Free, freaky Friday, man. Folks, then we would have been in business. You guys should have freaky been done a free, little Freaky Friday. We, we, then, then you could just swap spots. AJ then becomes the star. Philip becomes the manager. Voila. Bam. <laughs> exactly. Done. Right there. Well, what sports did you play? I played soccer mostly, um, even pursued it in college, and then basketball and baseball. Um, but also, you know, grew up around a ton of athletes. So we were always just playing wiffle ball all summer long or making up different games and whatnot. So sports have always been a huge part of my life and uh, luckily a big part of my career now. Well, I'm, I'm really intrigued uh, about your career because I mean, you, you worked in the, the league office and, you know, you said you were, did a little bit of work over at ESPN. Well, actually not a little bit. You were there for, for quite yeah, a while. Yeah, what what did you what did you end up doing? And it was was that always where you wanted to go? I mean, I know someone that loves sports that kind of is a draw, and and I can really relate. Yeah, I think you know by the time I was in high school, I realized I probably wasn't going to be the shortstop for the Yankees or anything like that. Um, Derek Jeter had that job, and I wasn't going to get it anytime soon. Um, and I went to some career fair when I was in high school at the local college, and the general manager from the local AA baseball team was there. And it had never really dawned on me that there was still a way to be involved in sports for the rest of my life versus just having it be a hobby or something I kind of hang up after college. Um, so I began pretty laser focused from the time I was about 15 or 16 on working in the sports industry and um, went to Syracuse University and school that's really known for more broadcast journalism and uh, creating the sports announcers, right? And not necessarily the, the people behind the scenes and the marketing departments and whatnot. Um, and was able to make just some really strong alumni connections when I was there. And I uh, was able to get my foot in the door at ESPN right out of college. I started a week after I graduated um, in the Disney and affiliate sales side of ESPN. And then from there, I moved over in the ESPN consumer marketing, where I spent the next eight years uh, working on various brand campaigns around some of the biggest sports and sporting events in the world. So when, when you say brand campaigns, uh, were you dealing with people like Nike, Gatorade, things like that? 
Yeah, um, more so marketing the brand itself in terms of uh, pushing customers to tune into specific events. Or, ah, okay. Um, okay. Yep. So it wasn't necessarily on the sales side, but everything was, um, you know, commercials for this is Sports Center or to market an NBA game that was coming up or the NBA Finals or something like that. So we we uh, we worked with our advertising agency to really represent the brand and to present the brand to our to our fans versus, um, you know, we call them our fans instead of our customers, but to present the brand to the fans um, in a way that, you know, really, uh, really made people want to tune in and, and, you know, be, be a part of it. Well, Houston definitely could use your expertise. (laughs) Right. Been trying to get him down here for years, man. (laughs) AJ, remind me, what did you study in Syracuse? I studied marketing and finance. Um, Never really had the intention of going into finance, but it was like four more classes to pick up the double major. So I did that, but been pretty laser focused on on marketing and um did a bunch of sports related internships while i was there that helped beef up the resume and then uh you know was able to land the dream job pretty quickly and i spent uh 2006 to 2015 at espn um, working on the various marketing campaigns i i think that's awesome and and what is amazing and what i love hearing is just like any any job where you really want to be or one area that you want to be in, there's so many different avenues or there's, there's ways to, to do you're, it. You're absolutely right though, Brian. Like th- there's so many ways to be involved in industries that you're passionate about that you don't even really realize are there until you start to go out in the world a little bit and, and see what's available. And, you know, a lot, a lot of students or people interested in the industry come to me for advice and tell them, you know, don't just look at the teams or the leagues, big companies like Pepsi and American Express and, um, uh, Anheuser-Busch, they all have sports divisions that handle the sponsorships and everything. So there's so many different ways to be involved in the sporting industry. And for me, it was, it was just something that made sense. Phil knows that, you know, growing up, I was all about sports. Even if I wasn't playing, I was collecting trading cards or I was, you know, trying to talk Phil's ear off about sports somehow. And, and, you know, to me, it just, I, I'm kind of, hold on. I, I'm kind of interested about that. You, you say you're, you're trying to talk his ear off about sports. And I know Philip doesn't get into sports at all. How did those conversations go? I, I, I just, I'm really, very intrigued. You know, I actually did watch quite a lot of it growing up because of, of people like AJ in my life. So I was able to hold a better conversation when I was younger about sports than I can today. That's for sure. It wasn't just like yelling like the one phrase or line of the TV. Oh, no, that, it definitely oh, was. No. <laughs> They're like, foul! Well, I, I think Phillips like NBA knowledge peaked probably in around 1994, 1995 when, when we played NBA jam together. And I think you knew all the guys right. on the rosters from that. And I was pretty impressed with how you can name the that's right. I, I'm now picturing Philip if I took him to a game and Philip just goes, he's heating up. <laughs> I'm just going to picture that. He's right. on fire. He's on fire. Yeah. You know, the, 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 it's, it's funny that you say that because I, I think I did learn more about basketball playing that game that I've ever known prior and that's hilarious. It was so funny. And actually, those those baseball trading cards, that's the only reason why I knew any of the baseball players' names. I, I like the trading cards. And I still remember, AJ, how that that freaking bubblegum tasted that came with yeah. the cards. It was oh, like it was it's awful, horrible. right? Yeah. And we <laughs> thought you, it was the coolest thing. But you had thing. to eat it. You had to eat it, man. You, you, even if you spit it out after, you at least had to put it in your mouth, break it. Yeah. And, and like, it never, it never like smush. It always right. cracked. It never clumped right? together. Yeah. It, it always break off pieces, pieces and some sort of. Yeah. Powder yeah. Mouth, yeah. White powder. Oh, tasted like you're chewing on a cereal box. It I, was brutal. I know it was some guy <laughs> making that gum <laughs> for those yeah. kids. The kids, the kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So you guys grew up together. You're in New Jersey still. 
right? Uh, what was it? What was it like growing up with Philip? I, I mean, I, I gotta know. I gotta know what it was like with this yeah, guy. Yeah, so I, I grew up in upstate New York, in Binghamton, New York, where my family is from, where Phil's parents are from. Um, so we lived about two and a half, three hours away. So we probably saw each other a handful of times throughout the year, whether it was for a specific holiday or traveling to the races and whatnot. And it was always, you know, we saw each other frequent enough that it didn't necessarily feel like we were missing a beat, but we saw each other infrequent enough that it still felt special every time we were able to get together for a weekend or whatever it might be. And I mean, we, we always just had such a great time, whether it was spending a week together in the summer or some of my fondest memories were going down to his house when him and his family lived in New Canaan. Um, we'd usually go down there every Thanksgiving or Easter. And uh, those were the trips that we really looked forward to as a kid. And, you know, Phil and I would spend, you know, two, three days together, um, just goofing around or, you know, trying to, trying to cause trouble around the town. We had a great time. And, um, you know, whether it's playing outside, like on his trampoline, he was like one of the first people to have one of those, you know, round trampolines that didn't have any of the side netting or anything like that. And Phil probably outweighed me by 60 pounds all the time. Cause we have a three year age difference. And, the, the safety, the safety yep. netting. And then, oh, yeah. You, no, this you thing was you dangerous. Want, you didn't want the safety be. netting at all. <laughs> it did. It did have padding that covered the springs, yeah, yeah, but kind that, of barely I, that would just sort of fall We had off. a neighbor here that had one that didn't do anything. No. <laughs> it, the, the fact that we are not, um, um, you know, seriously injured for life from that thing is absolutely amazing. We used to get so. Yeah, that ground that. hurts. Even when you land on the grass, that was hard ground. Oh. We used to put a sprinkler underneath, yep. like when it was yep. really hot outside. We have it like one of those moving yeah, sprinklers. Actually, so did we. And yeah. just jump on top of it. And then we'd, we'd go off the, the garage from the backyard onto it and stuff like that. Oh, it was crazy. We, we had this old boom box that used to live in the garage when my brother had an art studio when he was painting. And we used to take a you know, 65, 70-foot long extension cord, bring the boom box out of the trampoline in the backyard. My poor neighbors, we must have blasted music for eight Spin hours. Spin doctors usually, yeah. Oh, that's right. Spin doctors, REM. That was uh, that was a yeah. fun time. Okay, let's get let's get into a little bit talking about your current yeah. career right now. You are now working for FanDuel, yes. sports book, betting company. I mean, what what is it? When people first ask, what is FanDuel? How do you approach them? Or, or what is what is it that you tell them what FanDuel yeah, is? Yeah, we have several different parts of FanDuel where our fans and our customers can engage with our brand. We originally started as a daily fantasy company. So daily fantasy sports, um, you know, Brian, if you're, you're familiar with, with the way general fantasy football works, where you draft a team at the beginning of the season, and that's who you're stuck with throughout the season. FanDuel uh, kind of disrupted that industry and created daily fantasy where you drafted teams on a weekly basis, right? So you drafted a team for week one and then that team was no more. And then week two, drafted a new team and you entered specific contests uh, for specific prizing um, on a weekly basis. Which, which is great because if for anyone that's ever played it, I mean, you know, it's it's a big deal when you you have a draft. In fact, I have a group of theater friends that we do uh, an NFL draft and you you have to trade at that right. point because you're stuck with especially if your group is a big group, because then you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for right. top and, level and most, most people like the draft more than they actually like playing on a week to week basis. Right. Getting together with friends. And Absolutely. Not. And then there's the whole kind of monetary aspect where. Uh, you might put, you know, 50 bucks or hundred bucks in the pool. And then whoever wins at the end of the season takes home that we just kind of made that a lot more of a condensed time frame, so that you were, you know, buying them for five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it might be on a weekly basis. 
And we run contests each week where customers can win up to a million dollars for the first probably eight or nine weeks of the football season playing fantasy football. We give away a million bucks to someone each week. So how how did FanDuel monetize that? Was it they take a cut of whatever was being put into the pool? Yes, there's yes, there's a little bit of margin that FanDuel takes from that. And then, um, you know, the rest goes in the pockets of our customers Uh, from there. So that, that was about 10 years ago. Then in 2018, um, this, this law called PASPA was overturned that uh, basically legalized sports betting on a state-by-state basis. And you know, I like to think daily fantasy was sort of the precursor to the whole sports betting industry a bit. And so once that was overturned, um, one of the first states to uh, legalize online sports betting was New Jersey. And from there, so that was the first state that FanDuel launched in, a, a fully legal online sports book. You don't have to go into a smoky old casino or a sports book to place a bet, right? You can do it right from your own phone. But you need to be standing on Jersey soil. Yes, yep, 100%. So we have some really high-tech kind of you know, geolocation services that um, you know, can, can pinpoint exactly where you are in order to place a bet. You don't have to be a New Jersey resident, but you do have to be within the state borders. Oh, so, wow. so you were working uh, at the NBA uh, around 2018 is when you when you left them for FanDuel, right? Had that law already been passed? Is that why you'd made the jump? It was it was in the process. And, you know, it wasn't just something that happened with the snap of a finger. Like it, it was something that was kind of years in the work and it all culminated in 2018. But while I was at the NBA, I had the fortune to work on the fantasy and gaming business, um, both, you know, fantasy sports and working with my now colleagues at FanDuel but also starting to prepare the world for sports betting coming and what the NBA's uh, stance on, on sports betting was going to be. Is that what drew you to that because of what the, what the NBA was doing or the, you kind of saw it going that way? So was the move uh, to you somewhere you really wanted to be or was this just an opportunity that you thought, well, hey, why not? Let me, ju- let me try this out because I, I see something happening. Yeah, it was, it was more of the latter. Like it was pretty obvious to most people in the sporting industry that this this was going to be the future, at least at least the immediate future. Um, I'd worked at ESPN through you know some some tough years of people starting to cut the cord, um, you know stop stop subscribing to cable and start uh, consuming their sports in a different way. And so I don't want to say I was part of an industry that was on the decline, but I saw what that can do and how that can put so much stress on the business and and you know stress on people, frankly and. Um, I kind of wanted to be something that uh, I wanted to be a part of something that was really on the upswing in, in, in its infancy versus something that was sort of on the decline. Um, so it was a natural move. And, and, you know, luckily it's paid off because the industry has just been a rocket ship, essentially. Yeah. So, so for me and, and for our listeners who might not uh, be completely on top of how this is working, how many states now are you able to, to place these bets in? For FanDuel itself, we are live in 10 states where you can place a bet on your mobile phone. Wow. So, so it is growing very growing quickly. Very for, quickly. New Jersey was yeah, the first one. Yeah, New Jersey was 2018, uh, August of 2018. And from there, um, you know, we've, we've followed suit with nine more. Uh, the most recent were right before the Super Bowl. I think the week before the Super Bowl, both Virginia and Michigan launched, um, you know, two states with large populations and a big opportunity for us. So, yeah, we've got 10 states. Uh, there's a couple more to come this calendar year, we think. And then from there, you know, hopefully, hopefully the rest of the states continue to move forward in this direction. Um, we're starting to see it move pretty quickly because many local governments view this as a way to make up some of the lost tax revenue that's happened during COVID and whatnot. Sure, so yeah, sure. To, uh, you know, that's part of what's what's a little tough about this is it's 
it's very political, you know, it becomes part of part of one's political agenda. Uh, but at the- yeah, but 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 at the same time, it, it's something that's like you said, it's moving that direction. It's going to happen. Right. It's kind of like legalizing marijuana. Sports betting and marijuana were very close to each other on the, um, you know, on a lot of. But on that, po- like you say, on the political yeah. spectrum right there. Right. Like legalizing it versus recreational use, you know, sports betting. Should we just legalize it just so people just don't stop well, doing right. it everywhere? Well, that's part of the I, thing, I, too, I, is that. Um, you know, even if it, in the States where it's not legal, people are still doing it. They're just doing it on the black market and they're doing it on offshore sports books and whatnot. So exactly. That's, that's States, what I'm saying. People well, are going to do it know, anyway. Realize that money for themselves and, and the tax money that we pay to the States as part of the, you know, part of being alive in each state. Um, so, you know, it certainly behooves many of the States because it's, it's happening anyways. Well, I, I, I can place a little wager right now. I, I would bet you that Texas will most certainly legalize sports betting before they legalize marijuana. <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. I, I, I might take I might take the over on that one. I, I might know. take the over on that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a toss up. That, it, that it, is, toss up. it is very interesting, though, that you talk about states coming around to it. it it's amazing how much just my limited perception of, of your world um, has changed in, in the past few months. I saw an advertisement the other day about Texas legislation, about sports betting, and about opening up all gambling, actually, in Texas. It was sponsored by Vegas. Ten years ago, Vegas was completely against Texas opening up gambling because everyone has to go to Vegas, right? But now it's they want to build. They want to build casinos, you know, the whole— I mean, everything's online. They can access anywhere at this point now, so they don't need them to be in person uh, unless it's like like AJ, like you were saying, they have to be within those boundaries for legal purposes and things like that. So, I mean, why not? Well, why make it— easier you know i was at um a few years ago i went to an auction well it was a a, a gala 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 sure gala, whatever tomato, and, tomato tomato vase vase right okay so we were at a gala and it was introduced it was starting to get introduced this mobile app you know that you would just bid on your phone so you would register your credit card and things like that and you go around and and you'd see things or they would come up in pictures and you could bid you didn't have to be next to the item if someone outbid you then boom you, it would pop up saying you've been outbid do you want to up your bid without even having to get out of your seat that is so dangerous first of all when there's open bar too <laughs> um you know where you like sure that's fine you know and all it's a press of a button right and this it's making it so much more convenient versus having to call up your bookie and go place a couple bets right. and, and the whole bookie <laughs> thing right there's so much taboo around that where um you know oh god i can't place a bet on sports or if i lose some guy's gonna come knocking on my door with a pipe like asking for money and so, you know, not only do we have to kind of deal with the, the stigma of it like that, we have to change the perception of the industry. You know, there's a way to do it responsibly and as a way to enhance your enjoyment of a particular sport by maybe having a little skin in the game and a little action on the game, as opposed to, you know, just that old school mentality of, you know, how it worked in the back of the bar or whatever it might be. So, you know, not yeah. only do we have to raise awareness that we are legal and 100%, um, 100% legal and safe and secure and whatnot, but also that, you know, it's okay to do this responsibly and have a little bit of fun. Yeah. He'd have to picture, you know, knuckles, the bookie. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would, that would be your bookie name. I, I don't know. Would I be knuckles. You would be I knuckles. I think I would be man. knuckles. I think you'd be knuckles. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what my bookie name would be. The check comes due there, Donnie, you know, knuckles is here to collect. I like it. I, I might be short fry. Short fry. Yeah. 
<laughs> you'd, be the least, you'd be the least threatening gangster. <laughs> I know. I, I would be out of the life pretty quickly. And I, or, out of the or, life. <laughs> or I'd have to be so ruthless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'd have to do something so bad that everyone would be like, damn. You know, it's like, don't mess with short fry. A made man. The only thing he made was a chocolate milkshake. What's going on here? <laughs> he made it with gusto, man. Okay. So speaking, speaking of that, AJ, are, do you still work with clients or is it most of the business done online now and as kind of a to piggyback on that do you have clients that are uh, i was gonna say high profile but more high maintenance that you guys have to actually deal with i wouldn't call them high maintenance but we we certainly do have a percentage of players where a lot of our business comes from um a couple very high paying high performing players um there is a team that is kind of dedicated to servicing those individuals to make sure that they are um, happy and that they are, you know, willing to keep their, their money in our system for lack of a better term. Um, like a, like a VIP. Yeah, exactly. Just the way any casino or, or, you know, Vegas casino would have a, um, you know, VIP customers. We also do as well. And we have a great team who, who handles those key accounts and, um, you know, make sure to offer them things that they're not going to get anywhere. What's the worst type of issue? I know you can't mention names or anything like that, but what what's kind of the worst type of situation that you've had to deal with within a customer within your business? You know, I I, I won't necessarily I, I can't necessarily say, but there's there's a lot right now in terms of like uh, you know proxy betting and having someone bet on your behalf like through your account in a legal state and whatnot, and we just have to be very mindful of that. That that's a no no, and you, you know you have to place a bet within the state borders. Do you guys have your own police or anything like that? Or, or I didn't say police, but your own sec- yeah, we, we, security, we, we, yes, I guess. Yes, we absolutely have a security team and, you know, some high tech solutions to, to find any anywhere where someone might be finding a bit of an advantage or anything. Um, we have to take that very seriously. See, FanDuel made men right there. <laughs> sure knuckles, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Why do I have a notification on my phone from something called Knuckles? Knuckles. What's going on here? <laughs> Apparently he's coming to my house in about 10 minutes. So Angelo, remind me, I remember when, when you first took the job and we first got chatting about this um, all the way back in 18, you were trying to explain it to me then. You had mentioned that people were, were literally flying their private jets to touch down on the tarmac in Jersey, place a bet, fuel and take back off. Is that still happening? Uh. I don't hear about it as much, but there's certainly been cases where someone might fly into Teterboro or, or a smaller airport and, you know, again, place a wager within state borders. And then uh, that, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument right there that wherever their st- home state yeah. is needs to open it up because that's crazy, well, right? Yeah, no, exactly. If you think of the proximity of New York City to Hoboken, New Jersey or something, it's just a, a quick subway train that separates the two. It's very common, especially around a big event like the Super Bowl or something where, you know, a bunch of customers will go from New York City take the train, come above ground, play some bets and then get back on and leave. And so, um, you know, again, so this is not legal in New York state yet. Right. Right. Not yet. Um, it's, it's starting to make some waves and and could be coming fairly soon, but not sure on the timing of that or what it's going to look like once it does. I could totally see New York jumping on before Texas only because Jersey is so close and they're just kind of, it's like watching everyone walk out your door <laughs> to go. Yeah, New York border is a couple <laughs> states where it is legal, namely Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And, you know, people have no problem making a short drive in order to 
to, to place wagers. All right. Well, so I have something that I'd like to get into just in the spirit of, you know, a, a betting here. We're going to jump into a, a little game show, um, what I like to call the NDK over under game show. We are going to do, and because someone's got to host this game, it's going to be me. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, one of these days, I'd be happy to be on your show. <laughs> so someone's got a host. It's going to be me. I'm going to be playing uh, the host as you guys play the contestants. The game is called Over Under, the NDK Over Under game. It's very simple. All you have to say is over or under. That's it. There's, I might be able to handle this one. I, I think you can handle this one. And just just to make it on an even playing field, I figured that we could use history Ooh. as our as our uh, as our questions. We're we're gonna do historical questions. So it's not gonna yeah, now now AJ, AJ was all confident. Now now he's just like, oh <laughs> my money would still be on AJ. He finished his college degree. Well, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. We could make this a little bit more interesting. We could put a little more skin in the game uh, here. It's not legal in Texas it's yet, not legal. <laughs> So it'll be a gentleman's bet. We'll do, we'll go, we'll do it off air, what, what happens. <laughs> maybe maybe a pizza bet. Maybe I can buy uh, the, the loser. We could do dinner. I'll tell you what, you we could go. do a dinner. Yeah, I can send I, I you an that, Uber that... Eats or something. <laughs> From Knuckles. Would that be a knuckle sandwich? <laughs> a knuckle sandwich. There yeah. you go. Okay. Couldn't, I couldn't resist. Oh, I saw. Did, was that what you were thinking with Knuckles? Well, yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. Well, that totally went over my head. I'm short. <laughs> short fry, man. All right, anyway. Okay, so this is the game. It's over, under. All you got to do is answer over, under. Whoever wins each round, the most rounds, wins the game. Are you guys ready? Are it's, we just shouting over each other here? Are we no, no, order? no. I'll let you guys answer. It's not like who answers first. You, you both get your shot. <laughs> All right. English kings named Henry. Ten of them. Over or under? I'll take under. I'm going to go over. Eight. It is under uh, with eight. It is under with eight. Ah. Uh, like Henry the 14th or something. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Next question. Next question. Men who have walked on the moon. 17. Over or under? Under. AJ? Under. He's going to go under? I'm going under. Both are you correct. Ah, very nice. Good job. It was 12. 12. All right, so we got two. We got the next one. Pope's named Benedict. 23. Philip? I'm going under. I got to go under on that one, too. Correct. 15. 15. Ah, nice, nice, nice. I had no idea there were 15 posts named Benedict. <laughs> See, we're learning. We're learning here. Okay. Passengers on the Titanic. 1,178. Over or under? I'll take the over. I'm going to go under. It is over 2,223 passengers on the Titanic. Ooh, we got a tie. I thought you said how here. many made it off the boat. So, so. oh, <laughs> Man, it, it, well, too I didn't want to go. Soon. Is it too soon? Is it, is it too soon? It's been, it's been long enough. It's been over a hundred years, right? So no, I didn't want to go too morbid and with 84 that. 84 years. <laughs> okay. 
This one, speaking of a, a little bit more on the darker side, assassinated U.S. presidents. Five. Over or under? AJ. Under. Under. Hope. It It is under four. Yeah, it was four. Yes. Jeez, I'm a terrible citizen. I didn't know it was four. <laughs> okay. Length in days of World War One. 1,095. Over or under? Philip? Under. AJ? I'm going to go over. It was over. 1,569 days. That is insane. Okay. Speaking of Henry, so this this uh, this could help redeem yourself, AJ. Yeah. Wives of Henry VIII, five, over or under? Over. Philip says over. AJ? I'm going to go under. It is over. Oh. Six. He had six. Didn't Ooh. he keep on cutting off their heads? Yeah, pretty much. How many of those were sisters? <laughs> well, that not no, not he didn't he only cut he only beheaded two, I believe. Oh, oh just two. I, I think okay. I think he only was two. One died of natural or childbirth or like in childbirth or something else, and then one was like imprisoned or something. I don't know. There was a there was a lot of issues. He had he had problems. <laughs> there was a lot of issues. <laughs> okay. So next one. States in the US. Uh, states in the U.S. Confederacy, 13, over or under? AJ? Under. Philip? Over. It is under. 11, 11. Okay, final question of this round. Nations represented at the 1896 Olympics, 27, over or under? Under. AJ? Over. It was under at 14. Uh, oh. That was a sports question. All I right. got a sports question right. All right. That's the end of round one. That's the end of round one. Right now, we have a tie game. This is the lightning round. Here we go. Are we ready? All right. Chickens killed for food in 2009 worldwide okay 2009 worldwide 3.1 billion over or under over over too that's correct 52 billion that's a lot of chickens maybe three quarters of it was in the u.s <laughs> okay nobel prize categories 10 over or under over over under there's six 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 nobel prize i mean i guess they're, they're only giving out six million dollars <laughs> well the podcasting one is coming up soon so yeah there you go it, don't yeah. worry and 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 they'll be you know for gambling yeah, they'll, they'll make one too yeah <laughs> okay sports books. times canada appears in o canada six over or under Age and I both have a cousin that's going to be really upset when we get this wrong. He lives in Virginia. <laughs> I see you guys like trying to sing the song. Under. <laughs> Philip says under. I'm going to go over. I think they say it a lot. <laughs> it is under. Oh. Four. 
It is only four times. I always sit down and eat my nachos when Oaks <laughs> comes on on the before a game. You know, it's so funny because you sit there and the first word is "Oh Canada," so you, I guess it just you're like, "Oh, they're gonna say this name a lot, right?" Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one, McDonald's in the U.S. seventeen thousand two hundred and forty-four, over or under? Under. You go over. AJ over. It is under oh. thir- thirteen thousand three hundred and eighty-one. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Books in the U.S. Library of Congress, 100 million, over or under? Under. Under. AJ? Under. It is under. 32.8 million. That's still a lot of books. That's still a lot of books. (laughs) Still a lot of books. Nice job. Okay. We're getting to the end here. States where Cardinal is the state bird, nine, over or under? Ooh, I think I see we're thinking. I'm gonna go under. Okay, under. I'll pick over. Oh, it is under seven. There's only seven. Okay, right now AJ is leading by one, but we got three questions left. All right, roller coasters at Cedar Point, twelve over or under? AJ, I'm gonna go over. Okay. Uh, I'll just do under, and, and, and I would like to state for the record, I don't know where Cedar Point is. It's in Ohio. Okay, good to know. <laughs> One of the largest theme parks in the U.S. Oh, yes, <laughs> there you learn you go. thing every day. There you go. I, one of them, one of them. Uh, and it is over. 16, 16. Okay. So, AJ, he could clinch. He could clinch with his next one. Members of the Rat Pack, nine, over or under, Philip? Under. AJ? We go over. It is under five. You answered so confidently. I thought he was just going to copy you. I, knew I, that, well, I should have copied him because I'm <laughs> leading by two. I was leading by two. If I just said I, I know every time. Strategy there. You were like, boom. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's you work for a betting company. What's going on here? <laughs> okay. Last one. Last one. Okay. Facebook relationship status. Are you ready? It's complicated. Six. six. Over or under? Over. You go over as well. It is over. 11. 11. That's, that is insane. That is insane. Nice job, gentlemen. Nice job. Congratulations, AJ. He just, ed- you just edged out Philip. Not by much. It was very close. It was one. It came down to one. I got to worry about knuckles so. knocking on my door. going to be answering the <laughs> door very tentatively until the next week. So uh, you'll you'll be getting a pizza very shortly from <laughs> from somebody. <laughs> okay, well now that I got my butt kicked in a in a quiz show, I'm curious about something, AJ, because you know we we grew up so close, like we've mentioned, and I kind of thought that I knew everything that was going on in your life, and then all of a sudden I find out that you won an Emmy. I did, and no one told me. I had no idea. How talk to us about this process. How how did you become an Emmy award winner? Yeah, it was I think back in 2012, uh, we had a very successful brand campaign at ESPN called It's Not Crazy It's Sports that really focused on just extraordinary feats of fandom. And we uh I was part of the group that launched that campaign with our agency Wyden Kennedy. And um 
you know, we developed a couple of really nice pieces of advertising for it. Uh, we submitted it to the, to the sports Emmy awards. Um, and you know, we made the short list and then ultimately somehow we beat out, um, you know, some, some incredible marketing campaigns from HBO and from Turner sports, um, and from Fox sports, uh, to take home the, the category of best campaign. Um, so I was able to receive a, an Emmy award that I have downstairs. Would love to get a second one. So each of my kids can have one, uh, when I am no longer, but, um, yeah, it was, it was such a cool moment. And, you know, it was a culmination of a lot of really hard work as well, just to get the campaign off the ground. And, um, you know, a lot of long hours and long days shooting on set and whatnot, but, uh, it was such a cool moment and, you know, such a cool, cool part of my career that I look back on very fondly. Um, it was a long time ago now at this point, but you know, I'll, I'll always have that trophy forever. So yeah, I mean, where does that sit, actually? Where where do you... I want to know, because I for, personally, I don't know anyone who's won an Emmy. I mostly use it as a doorstop. Um, but, <laughs> the weight, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it did stay in its... It, it came in a really big padded box, and it stayed in there for far too long. And I finally was able to convince my wife that we should probably put it out. Um, you know, for the first couple of years, I was actually kind of embarrassed about it you know, displaying it and kind of just having it there. Um, but as I get a little older and a little further away from that time in my life, I'm, I'm quite a bit more proud of it. So it, it's on a bookshelf downstairs in our living room and, and pretty now, now it's got special lighting. Yeah. There's some, some stanchions, some, some music. And, yeah. Do not touch Maybe a rotating table. Yeah. I was about to say it, it slowly <laughs> rotates. <laughs> so do you have people ask you about when they come in the house and what is that? You know? Yeah. We've had some people do that and, you know, want to take a picture with it and whatnot. So it's very cool and it's, it's fun to have. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful that one, I was given a trophy from it and two, that I was just able to be part of such an iconic campaign. That's just so cool. Congratulations. Congrats. Again. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. That is really cool though. I mean, I guess I also see the, the point of just kind of putting it in an office or, but you know, it's like, eh, it's just, it's there, you know? And then someone will, what's, what, what, what's that? I was like, ah, that's just Miami. You know, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Dad, where you, are you going? You, oh, the bathroom. You, Why? Why are you carrying your Emmy? I just, you know, I just like it around. I, I would have carried it around for a, like all over the place. If I, if I had an Emmy or, or an Oscar or something like that, or a Tony, I, I would literally just carry it around with me. You just show up to somebody's dinner. You take the, the vase of flowers off the table and stick your Emmy in the center of it. <laughs> I wouldn't stick in the, I would just, it'd be next to me. I wouldn't want it that far away. But it would travel with me. It was like, oh, yeah. At it's least. about your height. That might be a little bit difficult to. Uh... <laughs> um, no, but congratulations, man. That, that I'm, I'm very excited for you. Um, it. Thanks. And I, I hope that it's not the only one. I, I hope there's another one in your future. So have you submitted since? since on various uh, campaigns? I probably campaigns? submitted for ESPN maybe two or three times after that. Um, did, not, did not make the list, but never know. Um, you know, we've been doing some really good work at FanDuel, so maybe it'll come back full circle. Did That's you way get, cool. did you get a chance to go to the, the Emmys, uh, the, the awards itself, or did they just send yes. it to you or did you, yes. were you one of those side tents? Not the nope, main there, event. There's a, there's a separate sports Emmy award show okay. in New York city. So it was just a couple of blocks from where I worked and I, I was able to go and sit with our head of marketing at the time who went up and, and received the award on our behalf. He gave me a shout out during it. So I appreciated that. but. It was very cool. It was hosted by a lot of prominent sports figures and, um, you know, just a lot of guest presenters and whatnot. So very similar to the Emmys that you would have seen on TV and whatnot, just with a sports focus. Did you get to make a speech? 
I did not know. I was not up on stage. Oh. I was, yeah. Who who did you geek out with when you saw? Because I mean, I know there's a lot of people that go. Was there someone that that you just geeked out being there seeing? Not necessarily that night. Um, there was definitely a lot of star power in the room, but it was just over overwhelming, right? It was just you're just you're just like wow. I'm I'm just I'm just here. Yeah, there was there was a, a different award show um, for that same campaign. And um, it was called the Promax Awards. Again, a more like sports specific award show. And like Tiki Barber was hosting along with like Jay Moore. Oh, okay. Comedian, right? That's right. um, He was really big before he he did a lot of acting. He was huge into sports uh, and and broadcasting. And so so we were at that award show and um, our category came and went. And uh, our our CMO at the time said, hey, if we win, you're going up to accept this for us. So we're like, all right, sure. So our, our category came and went, and then they ended the evening with what was called like the Platinum Award. That was like the award of all the awards, right? So we didn't win our regular category, but then we won the last award given out that night. And I looked and I was like, you know, I was probably 26, 27 at the time. I was like, am I still going up? And they're like, yep, this is you. And I was like, oh, God. So I had to go up and like receive the award for Tiki Barber, who was a, a player on the Giants. And, you know, like I said, Jay Moore was there and I was kind of waved to him and um, give him a little, little hat. What's up, bud? I've, yeah, I gave it. I gave a speech. I have no idea what I said. But <laughs> apparently, I did not make a fool of myself. But well, I heard I you I thanked, thanked your cousin Phil. So that's great. And, yeah, exactly. For being an inspiration in my life. Yeah. Uh, my cousin Phil. So. Um, but yeah, oh, that, wait, that was wait, a fun wait, one. Was that Again, serious I, or was that sarcasm there? <laughs> no, it wasn't serious. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, well, it was, it was cool to go up there. I think I blacked out a little bit, um, but you know, I, I don't think I made a fool of myself. It didn't end up on YouTube or anything. So, uh, but that, that was a fun one for sure. Man, that, that would be, that's when you know you had a good time when it ends up on YouTube, <laughs> your, your first Emmy <laughs> and you find yourself on YouTube. Who's this guy? It's like. I don't know, but he had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> don't throw the trophy. Don't. Oh, damn it, Dad! <laughs> like this, like a Tom Brady thing, tossing the the Emmy from boat to boat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when when you make it at that level, it's just like nah. I was about to say. I think I, I think Mr. Brady gets a pass. He, he, no, no he pun does. intended. He, he does. It's kind of like if it goes in the water, he's like, nah, just win another one. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big market and media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdon'tknock.com. And now back to the show. Um, what is, how does your wife, uh, at, well, hang on, let me re, are you a man that actually participates in, uh, these fantasy leagues and things like that through FanDuel or are you guys prohibited from doing that because you work? We are allowed to play in, internally. So the company is great about having, you know, fantasy leagues and contests where we can still win, win a little bit of money that they put up. Um, so she, she kind of understands it comes with the territory. She knew what she was getting into, I think, where. You know, many of our initial dates were around, you know, going to Yankee games or going to Madison Square Garden for whatever sporting event was was going on. But also had to make sure I wasn't kind of boring her to death with that kind of stuff. But she certainly knew, like when we met outside at ESPN and that sports were going to be a big part of my life and whatnot. So, um, you know, a lot of credit to her because she 
she puts up with games being on in the background all the time, or, you know, me coming home late from being at a different sporting event or what, or, or, you know, traveling over, over weekends. I, I don't, I think I might've missed four or five straight Valentine's days for traveling for like the NBA all-star weekend. Oh boy. So I definitely, I definitely, it's a Hallmark her, holiday. You're good. You know, what? I got to say one time the, uh, the NBA all-star weekend was in New York city in Brooklyn. And on Valentine's day, I took her on a date to the slam dunk competition. So very sounds romantic. Awesome. <laughs> very romantic sounds awesome, man. How to win zero <laughs> points in your marriage. One Oh one. Hey, you know what? I, my wife's not big into sports. She's not. Um, but she likes going to events. So I, I think she would enjoy things like that. It wouldn't necessarily thrill her, but again, if it kind of comes with the territory and the perks, I, I think she would enjoy it. Well, AJ, you've had the opportunity to go to some serious sporting events. I mean, I'm looking at the list that you provided us here. You went to the MLB All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, Monday Night Football. You've done the Indy 500, Daytona 500. Has she ever the gone US to any Open of those too, with you? yeah. Uh, well, she did come with me, um, right before COVID December of, I guess, 2019, um, FanDuel hosted an event for some of our VIP players in Puerto Rico. I was able to go work that event and bought a plane ticket for her to come out to that as well. Um, got to hang out in, you know, at a resort in Puerto Rico and there were some football players there with us and stuff who kind of got to hang out. Um, you know, so she, she has come to that and then just a bunch of random games. And, uh, I think I brought her to a world series game back in 2009 in New York. So, um, you know, maybe not, not some of the, the, you know, events that you really have to travel for, but we've gone to some pretty cool stuff together. That's cool. I, I like that you've been to so many just incredible events. You're like, I think I was at a World Series game. I think she was yeah, there. Yeah, I've been, I've been <laughs> yes. spoiled. I got to admit. Must know, be I, I remember. Nice. It's all a blur. I think I was probably in high school or something, and I was in the garage with my dad. And Phil, you know, the garage with my dad is is obviously the happening place to be in Binghamton, New York. And uh, I think I, you know, I was talking about kind of career aspirations with him at some point, and said, I, I just want to be able to go to a Yankee game without having to pay. And now to look back on, you know, the things I've been very fortunate to go to, in my, you know, through my career and, and for work and the access I've been able to have and the seats I've been able to have and stuff that, you know, I've been very spoiled and I'm very thankful that I've gotten to, to do so much stuff that so many people would kill for. So a little bit of family history here. You know, AJ's father is actually the crew chief on the uh, race team that my father was driving for for most of his racing career. So, yeah, the garage is definitely a, a, a happening place to be in Binghamton, New York and a big event. But, man, AJ, I remember when you and I were growing up, we used to get in serious, serious trouble at those racetracks. I'd like to think it was just a little bit of, a little bit of mischief and maybe not, not too much trouble. But, you know, th those were some of the best weekends of my life when we were, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old going to the racetrack. And, you know, our parents were very busy. They were working on the car and prepping it to go out and we would just wander off for hours within that's the, the best of the track. That, it was that, a, that's the best that you get put in a situation where they're like, Oh yeah, just go entertain yourselves. And there's a lot of stuff just to go around and check out. That, yeah. That's awesome. It was a, a very different world. Into, and it's dangerous, dangerous. All these cars whizzing by you. And you know, I, I look back. And oh, all right. Let, hold on. Let, let, we, we say dangerous, but in, in the eighties and nineties, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was dangerous that parents were just like, yeah, 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 go. I mean, I still remember my buddy, my good friend, his dad was a, a, a he worked for a country club here in, in Houston and 
he used to give us a pellet gun and a bunch and a, th- a whole thing of pellets and tell us to go shoot the <laughs> go shoot the pigeons because they crapped all over the outside of the tennis courts and he hated it because they had to clean that up. So he goes, "Here you go, guys, have fun." You know, <laughs> and we would just go around. I mean, it's stuff like that that you're just like, "Yeah, that was pretty dangerous to to have a bunch of eight to ten year olds just walking around with a pellet gun." Well, that reminds me of that Watkins Glen. Phil, I'm sure this is probably where Phil was going with this. Is you know, we we went down into the town. Uh, for a bit, I think, you know, one of our parents probably took us down, probably Phil's mom. And like, we bought slingshots. And then we went back to the racetrack and we had <laughs> slingshots. That was not a good idea. To AJ's point, we were very young and we were allowed to just kind of wander and do whatever. So looking back on our, our little vandalism, I feel kind of bad. <laughs> I think we took out every single light bulb in every bathroom at that track one here with those slingshots. <laughs> It was. Yeah, there were long days, and we had to find ways to occupy ourselves. So we would do things like we would find a rock, and then we would go into the trailer and see what types of what types of equipment we could maybe snag in our pocket. And we would wrap the rock in like rags or paper towels, and then put duct tape all around it and make a ball, you know. And we would just walk around like chucking this ball around that we had made out of rock, rock ball duct tape. Yeah, it was rock ball or track ball or something like that. Track ball. Track ball. That's what we oh, called oh, it. Yeah, oh, track oh, ball. Oh, oh Lord. I think we made one every track instead of just did have the a ball with us. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would travel around with us. You had a name for it. We were very, very track uh, ball. Wow. bored and wayward kids. <laughs> well, we, would, we would also bring like a Frisbee and a Roby disc at some point. And like there were times when like between races, Phil would have to go ask like the corner workers to go run next to the track and get the aerobie that flew right next to where all the action was going on yeah they were not pleased that was definitely uh that was different there used to be a track in long island that's no longer there it was called bridgehampton and this was one of those really old school racetracks just run down so even some of the fencing had worn away so we would make our way on these little fields we're on track when cars would be going by oh, mid-competition no. yeah that's the kind of danger that uh Looking back on it, like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I like whoops. that. I like that. Whoops. No, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's it's youthful stupidity. So, all right. Well, AJ, thank you so much, man, for spending some time with us. You have just had a, a I'm going to say, sizzling career, and I hope it continues. What is the one thing, though, before we get you out of here, with FanDuel, what is the one thing you're looking forward to coming up uh, this year? This year, I would say, um, I know that it seems like it's far off, but the NFL season is so big for us. Um, we've got a bunch of new states online and hopefully some more coming online is in uh, being able to, to bet on your phone. So launching a couple states uh, right around NFL season and just continuing to, to grow the business. Um, like I said, we've really been on a rocket ship and it's just so exciting to see where we're going to continue. Can to you tell us a little bit about that? Because I saw the headline news that you had partnered with the NFL. What, yeah. what, what can you share with us and our listeners about that? Sure. So the, the NFL has been one of the last um, professional leagues to partner with uh, legal sports books. And, and by them kind of admitting, um, I don't want to say admitting, but by them partnering uh, with, with us and a couple other companies, it really shows how seriously they're taking the space. And, um, you know, not only are they going to monetize it, but they're also going to provide new and exciting ways for their fans to be able to, to interact with NFL football. Um, including just by, by wagering on the games. And, um, you know, it opens up a lot of opportunities for us, like to advertise in game when we previously wouldn't have been able to do. And we're just really excited to have them as partners and to, uh, you know, to really do a great job this football season. 
Okay. Well, congratulations on the partnership. I think that's great news. Yeah, but I want to know because I, I've never, I, I'm not really a gambler. I, I'm just, I'm not. So for some, but I do play fantasy, but a lot of times it's, it's, we usually do, I guess it is gambling and we do like a $20 buy-in, but we do it within a group or something, you know, very simple type of things for someone who's never used FanDuel or, or never used a service similar to that. How does one go about getting started if they're interested, especially if if this is a type of thing that they get into and what kind of levels do you, do you guys offer? No, it's incredibly easy. And, um, you know, you're not up against anyone or anything other than yourself, right? So all you have to do is download the app, verify your information, and that you are who you say you are. It's called KYC, know your customer. You have to verify yourself, um, provide some personal information. Once you're in, it's as easy to deposit, you know, 20 bucks or 50 bucks on the site as it is anywhere else. And then from there, um, we've got thousands of different types of bets you can make from who will win the game to who will score the first touchdown to how long will the longest field goal of the game be. So we do offer, you know, a lot of prop bets, um, props, uh, player props for, you know, someone who just wants to bet who might score a touchdown that day. Um, We allow customers to combine multiple bets into parlays. So you're able to turn a little bit of money into a lot if you win one of those. Uh, all right, time. so so it's essentially you have to deposit money to to be able to then access yep. stuff. Put so money you in just, the system, sure. You just put money. Okay, uh, I mean, for someone uh, like me, like you, you're meant, you were mentioning a couple of things, and and I I understand there's there's a lot of ways to just yeah. to bet. And I know sports, but I, I don't know squat when it comes to terminology as far as as gambling. Yeah, like like you're saying parlay bets. Like whoop, that was I, it was right over my head. So is there a learning curve or even if they go to FanDuel.com, is there a way, do they have like, you know, vocabulary? Yeah, we have a lot of resources that not only explain what various types of bets are, but we've put a lot of investment into growing out our our content business um, to provide analysis for those look, you know, from a novice better right through someone who's quite a bit more experienced, uh, just the types of things they should look for and the types of trends that might help them be a little bit more successful. Yeah. And I guess that's part of the beauty of it is there's literally something for everyone. And when you get to something like the Super Bowl, which is a bit more of a casual event, you know, a bunch of people come and watch it who might not have been watching football all year. There's even other things to bet on, like the result of the coin toss or what color the Gatorade shower will be after the game when they dump the Gatorade on the coach. Oh, good um, Lord. I yeah, thought you were going to say the commercials. Money wagering on that. So, you know, it, it's fun to be part of something like that, though. So that'd be one of the bets. You don't want to bet do. on the game. You can bet around the game. <laughs> The Gatorade bet. That I would, would do the Gatorade. That bet. would be your game bet. Well, I don't know anything about the damn game, so I might as well do the Gatorade. I mean, bet. you could just do the coin. It's fifty you fifty. Coin toss. You could do over <laughs> under of the national anthem. How I mean, long it is? Like two minutes I, and twelve the seconds. The long shot. The long shot of you deciding what color the Gatorade is versus a fifty fifty in the coin. I like how you went straight for the Gatorade. All right. So when sports betting comes to Texas, I'm going to make sure that when the Super Bowl comes around, you are putting a wager on the color of the Gatorade bath. It's deal (laughs) i do too well aj thank you so much for your time for our listeners and you guys that want to get involved and find out more about fanduel you can go to fanduel.com you can also check them out on twitter at fanduel or their instagram page at fanduel as well so aj man it's, it's been a blast dude thank you so much absolutely thanks for having me appreciate it guys thanks cousin yeah and you have an open invitation to come on the show anytime and you know Head down to head down to Texas. Come you know? school me on some sports. I think it'd be fun. 
I think it'd be fun. But you know what? I say the same thing about racing, though. Philip likes he schools me on racing, so. This is true. <laughs> this is true. All right, guys. Check out new episodes every Friday of Neighbors Don't Knock. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Out. AJ, thank you. Thanks, guys.